Hello and welcome to a very special feature-length edition of SnapTrack, the Star Trek podcast where we compare two episodes of the universe's premier science fiction franchise, Star Trek. I'm one of your hosts, Ross Webster, and I am joined by Jen. Hello, Jen. Hi, how's everyone doing today? Very good, thank you. Good. And we are joined by a very special guest, uh, the ranking officer himself, uh, Jim Morehouse. (laughs) Hello, Jim. How are you? Yes, I am great, and I'm thrilled to be here on Snapdrack. It's uh, we are very pleased to have love you. Love it, such a great podcast, you guys. Of course, Jim will require no introduction to people who listen to Star Trek podcasts as the host of the excellent Trek Ranks podcast, uh, a wonderful show where we talk about all the reasons we love Star Trek, kind of like this show. Exactly, exactly. Very good. Uh, in Snapdrack, we compare two episodes of Star Trek using a variety of categories, and for each category, we select a scene or character or idea or prop, which we think is really great, and we award a point to the answer which we think is the best. And today, we are traveling back in time with a comparison of two feature-length Star Treks, which revisit the late 20th century. Jen, will let us know what episode you'll be watching. I was lucky enough to not actually watch an episode this time. I got to watch a movie, our first movie. <sighs> I, of, I'm, of course, talking about Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Uh, the One of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> Fantastic. One of the, number, number one at Trek ranks. Number one. <laughs> Can't get better than that. Yep. Full disclosure, it's my favorite movie, too. It's just, it. it's just a delight. <laughs> I've got a smile Perfect. on my face just from watching it before that we started yes. uh, recording. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Jim, what are you watching? What comparative twentieth century episode will you will you be watching? Well, we are going back to the nineteen nineties and watching Voyager's Future's End, an mm-hmm. all time classic two parter of Voyager, which is number six at Trek Ranks. Oh. So these two are high. That's really high. No, I'm not saying that's I too high. It. I love it. I love Future's End. But that's it's so much fun. Yeah. yeah, both of these they're great, and they they yep. compare so nicely. Visiting nineteen eighty four and nineteen ninety six, by the way, of the twenty third and twenty fourth centuries, and the twenty ninth century. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. A lot of time periods are represented in this episode. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll be having a whale of a good time. Oh. As ever, we begin each podcast with a lyrical recap of the episodes under discussion. So, Jen, would you like to give us your lyrical recap of Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home? Okay. So, I did something a little different this time. I didn't actually write a poem. <laughs> in, in honor of this being our first movie being represented on SnapTrack, I decided to do the recap in the form of a, a cheesy trailer <laughs> for The Voyage Home. Mm. So, <laughs> this is, you can bear with me. It's really cheesy. But you, you have to picture me having the voice of the trailer guy, you know, that, that deep trailer guy voice, <laughs> which I don't have. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so picture that voice. Okay, here we go. In a world where whales have gone extinct, these seven outlaws must travel back to the past to save the future. This November, join Chekhov, Uhura, Scotty, Sulu, Bones, Spock, and Captain Kirk in their fourth epic movie adventure, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. These aren't the hell, they're whales. <laughs> uh, yes! That's very good. That's uh, very good. So good. 
So good. The poems have been such a highlight of Snapback. They are so good, and that was just so immense. They are so great. They're always they're they're always amazing. It's my favorite part of Snapback. Oh, cool. Well, I can't wait to hear then what you came up with, Jim, for a future's end. Well, I try. I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna come up with something so clever and original, and then I just ended up going with limericks, and then I didn't feel like any of them were great so i ended up with three limericks and i'm hoping one of them is great and i'm reading them all a pod of limericks okay i can get behind this here we go it's a trio of futures and limericks the first one from the perspective of our intrepid captain janeway Ooh, let's hear it i swore i'd never get us caught in a forsaken paradox <laughs> but now here we are starling's gone too far time to end the chrono work stocks nice so that, so that one didn't quite flow at the end. So, uh, but so that was a, so the second one. Oh, but, but I love that because I'm sorry to interrupt, but I love that because that's one of the great Janeway lines. Like, because it's such, yeah. it's such a funny thing to say. <laughs> well, uh, the stock, like she says it because, like, she says it in like an action movie way. But it's like, you know, yeah. Colonel Work stock is about to crash. And and I, I love the opening because she talks about I'd never get stuck in one of these <laughs> godforsaken paradox. So that so. I, before I'd never yeah. get us caught in a forsaken <laughs> paradox. All right, here we go. This one almost works. The doctor is now autonomous as we escape in a Volkswagen bus. <laughs> Your curves don't look great. Braxton sleeps on a crate. And Tuvok, you're a freakosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't quite work. It doesn't quite work. Rhyming the word freakosaurus with anything is very uh, that, impressive. That yeah. was the challenge. I went for autonomous Volkswagen bus freakosaurus. Doesn't quite work, but it was fun. I no, was I, think, I think it's good. It's good. Okay. <laughs> This one, I think, almost worked. Okay. This one's pretty good. An iconic white pantsuit for Catherine yes. to do battle against Captain Braxton. She looks smart on the pier, fights Starling without fear, and missed getting her crew home by a fraction. That was oh. very good. That was, that was the tightest. <laughs> yeah, the that one. <laughs> oh, that one gets you at the end. <laughs> yes, it was so close. They just, oh, oh no, we can't quite just take oh. us home. All right, those were my limericks. I was so excited to do them. I love it. <laughs> that was great. They were very good. Um, so now we know which episodes we will be discussing. And because we're discussing two lengthy episodes, we've upped the number of categories for maximum snappage. Um, feature length snappage. <laughs> feature length snappage. That's what we'll put. That's what. That's the hashtag for this episode. Feature length snappage. <laughs> so I'm just going to dive right into the first of the ooh, eight categories. Oh, eight categories. Somebody, somebody, write down the points. Yes. Oh, I'll be keep, I'll be keeping track. Oh, yeah, I'll be keeping yeah. track. <laughs> Quizmaster. Right. So, first category we'll be looking at is best twentieth century wardrobe. Jen, what do you have for best twentieth century wardrobe? Okay. Well, this one's interesting because uh, different than than other times we see Star Trek crews go to the past. Uh, they uh, didn't. Uh, change what they were wearing very much <laughs> which is kind of funny in of itself because they look like they fit in just fine <laughs> with the ridiculous clothing of the 1980s yeah. <laughs> um which is fun so you know the 80s outfits themselves are are, are funny you know, the, the punk on the bus is like pure 80s um and 
this one isn't an 80, it's the 20th century wardrobe, but I wanted to give a shout out to Jillian's uh, 23rd century outfit, mm-hmm. which, oh, has yeah. an, which has a total 80s vibe yeah. to it. It's totally <laughs> what someone who got plucked out of the 80s and into the 23rd century would pick to wear. <laughs> Including yep. me, that's probably that's one of my favorite outfits. Uh, to shout out to, to her tw- uh, 20th century sensibilities. But this point can't go to anyone else except to Spock. <laughs> <laughs> ripping, ripping off a strip of his <laughs> Vulcan robes to cover his ears. And he, you know, in a perfect, you know, sensei <laughs> Spock, <laughs> uh, you know, karate kid uh, homage. And it's, <laughs> it's wonderful. It's iconic. It reminds me not only of this movie but of the 80s in general you know it's just one of those looks that is unforgettable and it's awesome that they don't change their <laughs> costumes at all is so cool it's, it's so, so bizarre it's so it's amazing cool. how that works and it's the fact that you pick the only thing works. they actually do do the one conceit they make the traveling back in time <laughs> gonna, they've never seen an extraterrestrial oh god i'm gonna cover that up then yeah, maybe just cover the ears you know? <laughs> that is such a great idea there's such a little motley crew, you know, and, and, and Kirk says, says, you know, you look like a cadet review. Yeah, Come yeah. on. Like, like look, look alive, look natural. <laughs> but Sulu is timelessly stylish. Well, he, he, you can wear that in any era and he'd look cool. The, the, the cape is timelessly stylish. It's great. He looks good. He looks good. When he gets in that oh, helicopter, so he just great. looks like he owns it. He's just like, yeah, I'm getting in. I mean, I, and I love, and I love Kirk's blouse. It's, it's such a weird <laughs> item. <laughs> the way it connects, it's so funny. The, the buttons. Uh, well, Spock's a great choice. I mean, that's that seems like it, iconic as the words. So yeah. so definitive for the movie. <laughs> and uh, Jim, what did you pick for the best 20th century wardrobe of future tense? So it's kind of, it's a little bit. Well, they they definitely got into their '90s gear to uh, yes. beam down at the Santa Monica Pier, and I loved, obviously, two box do rag, which was uh, <laughs> which was great. She was a nice homage to Spock. <laughs> and Chakotay's Miami Vice uh, look is like so dated. Looks so funny now. But <laughs> what's and, oh, and I also liked Ed Bagley's hippie outfit. So I was yes. gonna throw that in, but. The, I mentioned it in my limerick. It's iconic. It's Janeway's white pantsuit is amazing. Yes. And it's like, it's incredibly, it's so stylish. It's like anybody could wear that in any era, any time. It's amazing. It looks so good. She could fit in today wearing that and run for president and wear that. It's, it's, uh, I love it. So that's easily my choice, Janeway's pants. It's a it's a beautiful suit. Oh. It's, it's you know it's a real shame she didn't think I'm going to wear this a bit more often. You know now yeah, now, sure. now I've worn out once. You know might as well wear it a few times. Yeah, Janeway head to toe. Yep. She looks so stunning and so elegant in this pantsuit. And her hair, I, I think this might be the first time we see the hair with the two uh, wide French twists. Yep. on the side um, with that that clip the 90s hair clip <laughs> and it's just it's just That's a so wonderful good. outfit i love i love her in that outfit it's a great pick and yet when i think about so, you know pants sometimes they're tough to pull off but this it's just amazing how natural it looks so she's well, great she, yeah she i mean she's she's just gorgeous too like that's just yep. the way she it's the it's the way she holds herself when she's wearing the yep. pantsuit you yep. know what i mean she's got like presence in it you know 
yeah. it's like a power issue. Yeah, she's still quite fit. She's still fierce wearing it as yeah, well. She's yeah, still yeah. a, a fierce yeah, person like a, coming up the style. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a cracking choice. I am disappointed you didn't pick uh, Paris's beautiful Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not the running for me. And his 90s stood out for me. And his 90s jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. He looks like such a frat boy yeah. <laughs> from the 90s. 90s frat boy. When he tucks the shirt into the back of his jeans. Oh, that that's is so a thing great. that people used to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. So. And I, I love, too, they have uh, Tuvok makes that quip. Um, you know, we could have just worn our uniforms. No one would have noticed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great moment. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, uh, you know, also a reference back to Voyage Home, I think, too. Because yeah. that's what they did. But, yeah. Uh, oh, great choice. It is a very good choice. Um, okay. So where do we think the points are going to land? Uh, Jen, what are you thinking? Ugh. It, it, this, if you had picked anything besides that pantsuit, it, wouldn't, it would definitely have been Spock 100%. <laughs> This makes it a little bit tougher, um, but I and I do love Janeway's outfit. But uh, Spock's uh, outfit in in Voyage Home is just so iconic to me that I, I have to go with that. I, I'm gonna give it to Janeway only because that in Voyage Home they didn't actually. I mean, all we did was rip off the thing and add, they didn't. There's no. <laughs> they didn't have to come up with actual '90s clothes, and they just made it fit. <laughs> so, but. They're, but they're both so iconic. And I mean, I mean, obviously, the Spock look is like world is it's it's renowned throughout you know, pop culture. Yes, exactly. Okay, you've you've put me in a tough spot for the very first category. So thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, I think that I think it's funny that it's not a, an '80s outfit like that. That Vulcan robes, you know, fit in with the '80s sensibility of you know, like the whole yeah. you know karate thing I mean, like that's a great that's point so that's a, the, the karate kid thing yeah, is you know? hilarious i had yeah. <laughs> sensei spark but yeah so, I just but think, I, you I know it's you practical think. isn't it gonna, he's gonna spend a lot of time in the water he needs to be wearing a big bath towel just to just to dry himself <laughs> off that's what he needs it's amazing yeah. it's amazing how <laughs> it's that so convenient. Out. like he's directing it or something <laughs> um i'm gonna go i do love the spock bit and I do love when he just pulls it out, you know, rips off that little strip of fabric and wraps it around. I'm going to select the pantsuit because it's so stark white and it's so strange to see Janeway wearing something like that. Uh, and it is a proper, you know, a 1996 costume and they've really gone all out. So I'm going to, I'm going to give my point to yeah. Future's End for this one for best 20th century wardrobe. So uh, two, two to one, but all to play for. Okay. All right. So, if we go for round two, we will go for the most mangled language. And there are a few examples for both of these. So, Jim, what was your uh, example of most mangled language in Future's End? Okay, so this one was interesting. I think this one's this is, this is an uphill battle for Future's End against the Voyage <laughs> Because for the most part, it was in terms of mangled language, it was really kind of just reserved for Paris trying to convince Rain Robinson that he was a secret agent so, <laughs> at some level. So I'm just going to go with the, the, the simplest of lines. I, I was going to do your curves don't look so great, which was which was awesome. And, and he said that almost at the same time to her. 
but it's really the tone setter for Paris and his uh, mangled language when he says, this lab is pretty groovy. And she just rolls her <laughs> eyes at him like, what are you even talking about? So, yeah, that... She was really good at that, yeah. Exactly, yeah, that was... Uh, I love her in this. So I love her stuff. So yeah, so there's... And it, yeah, it's a little bit tough because there's some... The fish out of water moments were a little bit crossover, so... But, uh, yeah, I'm going with the lab. This lab is pretty groovy, and I think that's going to be... Uh, <laughs> but, but that was the first example of everything just being just a little bit off. And exactly. that's like the exactly. that's a little plot point yeah. that she's sort of picking up on that she knows things aren't quite right. And that is it was a weird thing for him to say. And it, it is very dated, but it's nicely sixties as well, which is a nice sort of callback to you know, to the original era when everything was being filmed. But uh, yeah, it being it, it being groovy is groovy, and her reaction is just uh, I love her it's so great. much of this. She's just like, okay. yeah, yeah. She was yep. phenomenal in this episode. Yep. Yeah, I hope we get to talk about Rain uh, more later because she she is amazing. I hope so too. But yeah, her reaction is that she's just like, okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that but that is funny because that happens in the beginning. She's still like, she's she still like asks him out basically, like. You know, like, oh, you guys should come to the planetarium. <laughs> you know, so he didn't, like, throw her off you know, that much that he was, like, weird and She corny, was willing to let her walk, first of all. Then he came back in. He knew something about uh, about right. subspace telescopes or whatnot. And then she was interested. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, Jen, what was your example of most mangled language from the Voyage Home? Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like like Jim said, there's, there's so many. So many. <laughs> in this. Yeah. And yeah, so many. Um, so and what makes one better than the other? You know what I mean? It's just uh, they're they're all just it's all just you know on the same level. Um, but the one so the one that I picked the reason the um, the reason I picked this one is because it's kind of a culmination. Uh, I did the opposite of what Jim did. You know, Jim picked the one that started it off, and I picked the, the culmination of, of the Bengal language, um, and. This is this is the the uh, culmination of their use of colorful metaphors throughout <laughs> <laughs> throughout the whole movie, um, uh, and they they've been doing it so much to the point where uh, at the end they do it to each other. So they're back on they're back on the ship, and and Kirk goes, Spock, you know, where's the hell that power you promised? And Spock goes, One damn minute, Admiral. <laughs> <laughs> and just the fact that they were, t- you know, they've been doing it throughout the whole movie, and then even when they were alone, you know, <laughs> like you start, you start speaking a certain way, and then and it becomes part of your habits. And I just, I thought that exchange was always so funny because they didn't do that for anyone's benefit, you know. <laughs> that is very good. That's so very that, good. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I love that pick. I love that pick because that it's so true that they were just doing it for themselves at that point. <laughs> and I noticed that when I was watching, I was like, Oh man, they're still doing it. It's so great. I, the bit I like the most when they're swearing is when they're in the car with Jillian, she's driving them along and they're deciding yeah. to get Italian. And, uh, just the, the, the colorful metaphors, the idea of colorful metaphors is, uh, discussed. And, it is just hilarious, the two of them chatting as if they're in the 20th century, but they're not. They can't quite pull it off, but it is, you know, they're going to carry on. And uh, making Jim the straight man to Spock, who is, in fact, ultra straight. He's the straighter man, but it is it is very good. Uh, 
So true. Yeah, that's a great scene when they're in the car with Jillian. Yeah, I love that. My my favorite one from that scene is when you know she's like, "You're not you're not one of those military guys trying to teach whales to retrieve torpedoes or some dipshit stuff like that." <laughs> no, you know, it's no, and, no, ma'am, no dipshit. And when it starts, when he says, "Yeah, it did a little too much LDS." Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> memory problem. <laughs> Man. Oh my god! Right, okay, uh, Jim. Whereabouts uh, are you going to dis- discharge your point in this round? Yes, one hundred percent to the voyage home for this one. I knew, yeah. I knew this. I mean, it's so mangled and so funny and so such a clever. I mean, it's part of the. It's literally part of the structure of the story. I love it. Yeah, it's a great one, Jen. What about you? Yes, Voyage Home. I, I, I think you're right, Jim, in, in framing it that way. It's And they make it part of the story, part of the adventure. Yep. You know? yep. <laughs> and and it's, it's just so funny. Yeah. So definitely Voyage Home for me, too. I think I'm having to boringly go for the Voyage Home as well, because it is <laughs> hilarious, and it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> okay. Uh, three for, for the Voyage Home. That's fantastic. Okay. Uh, let's go on to round three. Um best guest character jen who do you have for your best guest Ooh. character in the voyage home okay all right this this is a t- challenging one um so we have we have we do have some good you know uh cameos we see we see sarek we see amanda you know we see savik mm-hmm. and and, th- and those are those are all great you know it's really nice to see those so but best guest character really comes down to two choices here um and uh, it's so hard. Even now, I'm like, did I pick the right one? But <laughs> okay, but okay, I'm sticking with my choice. So my runner up is the wonderful, amazing Dr. Jillian Taylor. Mm, yep. And I, I even though she's my runner up, I want I still want to talk to her because she's amazing. Man, she just rolls with this whole thing, you know. <laughs> First of all, she I mean, she's really just it, she's a brilliant scientist, you know, she's 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 got a really good heart, you know, she legitimately cares about these whales and and she just rolls with it. She's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go to the 23rd century. <laughs> you know, you need someone to, to teach you about whales. Like, I'll, I'll do it. Like, without any, like, hesitation. She just rolls with it. And she's really cool. That's fantastically brave. And uh, what, a, what a great thing to do. Yeah. And just to, like, throw yourself in and be like, I'm going to help you I'm out. You don't know what you're doing with I'm this. Doing she, you know, she joins a science vessel and and just and has a, an adventure. And I want to know what happened to her. I want to hear about her adventures, you know, <laughs> going from the 1980s to the, to the 23rd century, you know, in the the, on the science vessel and what she's doing and and she's incredible and i love her but i she's my runner-up and i had to go with george and gracie themselves <laughs> oh, man. very I good had, very good i had to because they they also just roll with it they are legit you know like they're legit characters in this movie spock talks to them explains the situation and they just roll with it sure we'll help you we'll go to the future and talk to this probe right, and absolutely get and save the earth that the whales are given agency and kirk yeah. and spock absolutely require their consent to do anything yeah i think that's yeah. phenomenal and i think it's quite prescient about the way we treat animals and we treat the environment which is a lot of what that film is about. so far ahead of the game so great. absolutely love that they care about what the whales think i love it yeah we'll talk we'll talk about that scene Good. again because i agree like that's one of my favorite things and and but that's why george and gracie had to had to be the best guest characters to me because they're the ones i mean that's the one I, I, you know it's got to be the most it, it, like J- dr jillian taylor does the same thing but she's also 
uh, like, I, I mean, has a little bit more to go on, right. I guess, is the right way to, to put it, you know, versus like George and like, she at least like she sees the ship, she knows what that means. She knows what the, like, like what that means. But George and Gracie, like they, they talk with Spock, mm-hmm. and that that's all I have to go on. And, um and that's, that's got to be the first time for them even, you know, interacting yeah. in that, in that way with a person. <laughs> and, and, you know, for them to, to make that decision, and they, and they, they tell him things, they tell him that Gracie's pregnant. And, you know, one of the reasons they probably want to do it is to say, give their babies a better life too they don't you know, know. they probably want, don't want to raise their babies in a ocean where they can be hunted i know and they, they, um, they must and with apparently pinpoint accuracy because they're dumped in alaska and then like an hour later the whalers find them yeah that was that was not well organized <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But uh, you know what I mean. So they're like those. They're co- they're cool characters. Oh, I, I, George and Gracie, love them, uh, love them. That's okay. Like- well, we've talked a lot about you know. It's hard not to really love a whale, <laughs> a gigantic whale as a guest character. <laughs> True. Uh, so Jim, I feel you might have an uphill battle with this one. Oh man, I thought I thought for sure I'd be going against Julian Taylor on this one. That is a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant pick. And now I'm now I'm, I've thought. Well, my pick. It, Easiest pick for me uh, of any of these categories is 100% Rain Robinson. Sarah Stone. Oh, so I love so her so much. One of my so favorite good. characters in Trek. Uh, perfect tone, attitude, uh, just smarts, everything. She's just it's perfect. And uh, yeah, I mean, I could, there was, I, I like uh, Starling is a great villain. I mean, it's really, it gets still, it gets dark there with Starling. Yeah. Um, he's good, and, and Captain Braxton is uh, is great, especially when he shows up as the homeless guy. So he's uh, yeah, yes. you feel sympathy for him, but also he's so wildly insane. You do. A leads to B, leads to C, back to A. So I tried to work that into a limerick, by the way, but I couldn't do it. I, I, I like I like they they they, they, they stuck me full of these primitive pharmaceuticals, <laughs> quasi Cardassian totalitarian. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I, but Rain Robinson was always going to be my choice. She yes. was always going to be my vote in this round, no matter what, because I love her. And now I'm totally torn. You, now I don't know what to you do. You couldn't really not pick Rain Robinson because she is so wonderful yeah. and perfectly. It's so nice they align her so much to with Paris as well. And that, you know, the, the what yes. could have happened, the what could have been if only 300 years wasn't an obstacle. Um, she is a great and hilarious character. I agree. And the thing I like about, about her relationship with Paris is that it, it really, they really made it seem like they would hit it off versus just like, Oh, he, she's the girl and he's the guy, you know, right. the main characters and the, you know, they're going to get together. You know, it's, it's, you don't really see, always see the connection, you know, but they, I mean, they have so much in common. They've got the same type of sense of humor, you know, like you could really see like yeah. them having a really good relationship if, if the circumstances were different. Yeah. Um, so that, that part works for me, but, but rain in general, like on her own, she's uh, Sarah Silverman does a wonderful job. First of all, Sarah. Yeah. I, I I really like Sarah Silverman, but 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 he, and here she's just brilliant. But Rain, like Rain, Rain's smart. She takes no shit. Yep. She she does her own thing. Yep. You know she she calls up Starling, and um so, you know tells him about the signal. He's like he's like don't do anything, and then she's like. You know, yeah. hell with that. I'm going to you know, send the message, you know, to whatever's up there. I'm, I'm doing it. This is what I'm here for. I'm, I'm part of SETI, you know. <laughs> this is what I'm here for. And, and she 
she does her own thing the whole time. I, I love her. That, she's that's, so good. That's what I love about her is that she's always, as a character, she's always ahead of the game. So she's never yes. never the, the, the butt of any kind of plan or joke. She's always in control and no. always kind of dictating uh, even you know, even when they wipe her camera or computer, she's right after them and like, nope, no, you guys yeah. messed up. That's a really lovely <laughs> scene where they think you think they've left, and then you can see her coming out the yeah. door at the back, like really small, running. Every single it. moment, That's a really every single scene. moment, she's on top of it, and she's and she's never like struggling or behind on the plan. So, and even though they don't tell her, they really don't. They never tell her, but she's like, yeah, okay, this guy. You know, the, I love when she, when the doctor shows up. She's like, "Yeah, that guy punched you like six times. You're yeah. clearly <laughs> not human." within like within minutes, so they're over dinner. He's told her everything. Yeah. Gosh, dang it! But Jen had to pick whales. Just <laughs> 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 to point out, yeah, Jim, we don't know. We don't. Know. Okay, yeah, I don't know where I'm voting yet either. So. <laughs> This this is so tough. No no um, shout outs for Dunbar either. I thought we'd get a Dunbar shout out there. But uh, <laughs> no, no Dunbar. No. Dunbar. Dunbar's terrible. Oh no. Dunbar. One note villain of the week. Um, right. Absolutely. Although he can he can work that transporter in the in the ship. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Where are your points gonna go, uh Jen? Where are you thinking your points are gonna go? Oh, okay. Okay, see, like Rain Robinson might be one of my all-time favorite one-off yeah. characters. Yeah. So, like, sure. this is tough because I, <laughs> I mean, I, oh, I, I basically was her in the nineteen ninety six too. Right. Like that was my, that was totally my aesthetic. That was totally my scene. Yeah. Like, I thought oh, she looked like she was wearing a TOS so uniform as well. When she first, when you first see it, it's like she has that sort of gold V-neck uniform on. I was like, is she wearing a? No, she's not. Yep. It just looks like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got a great '90s sense of fashion. Um, oh, but that, but yeah, but the, there's just something different about George and Gracie. They're not just animals for the sake of animals mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and and it's like they actually are legit characters and they're pretty unique in <laughs> in movie history and you know star trek history so ah uh, uh, can i give a half a point <laughs> to each one no i'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna... afraid we're very specific here that we don't have <laughs> the rules on snap track all right, right i'll go with george and grace george and gracie <laughs> jim how how you feeling George and Gracie have got one point. Where you where you dishing your point out to? I'm struggling with the with uh, that. This could be three zero against Rain Robinson. That hurts. That hurts my soul. No, but it's no. such an inspired pick, George and Gracie. They it's so uh, prescient in terms of how they treat these animals. And I'm a huge animal and rescue lover. I love whales. Yeah. Love uh, what they represent. I love the fact that the message of that movie we we actually did beat it as a mm-hmm. uh, pretty much in terms of uh, getting whales back to a place where where they're not quite mm-hmm. as endangered although now it's a different issue with the mm-hmm. with the, not the hunting but the but the oceans um right. so but yeah i i i'm so inspired by that pick i gotta go with george and gracie because the the fact that the, they actually communicate and talk and i love the whale probe and yep it hurts me, but I'm doing it. <laughs> George and Gracie, as a as a best guest character, is a super inspired pick. 
And although I love Rain yeah. Robinson, and honestly, I thought Rain Robinson, if you'd picked any human, Jen, Rain Robinson would have been my choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even if I went with Jillian Taylor, my point uh, would have gone to Rain Robinson. George and Gracie. George and Gracie is a really <laughs> fantastic <laughs> choice. So I am going to have to go have to go with George and Gracie as well. So I mark you down a, a point there as well. So we've had three right. rounds. The points as they stand are, Chen, the Voyage Home is scoring an enormous seven points. And uh, Futures and Jim at two points. Still got a lot of categories to go. It could all change. Long way to go. I thought that Rain, Rain Robinson was my secret weapon and uh, we went over. So, okay. It's going to be an uphill battle. <laughs> Those whales, man. You need oh, to find no. a beautiful little animal. Uh, next... Uh, next category, uh, we will look for the best fish out of water moment. Oh. Okay. Jim, would you like to go first okay. with your best fish out of water moment? Yeah, this is a, so this is another uphill battle for Future Z because there's actually there's not that many of them. I love when uh, there's the the, the, keymo- the the keyboard homage uh, for Janeway. When she first gets on the keyboard and and Chakotay's right. like, you never learn how to type, and she's like, yeah, I can't remember what she says, but yeah, she picks it up pretty fast. She's better fast. type than I ever was. Um, <laughs> she's really quick yeah. study. And the homage, of course, to uh, to Scotty yes. and the, the Voyage Home. <laughs> how quick! So, uh, but <laughs> yeah, and there's and there's a couple that I could have kind of played with with Starling and the. Uh, 29th century technology, which he he didn't realize was he was actually ahead of uh, Voyager in their uh, in their in their battle, and I love when he realizes that. And the the Doctor when he's outside for the first time. But I went with and we kind of referenced it before. I love the scene where Paris is trying to convince uh, Rain that he's a, that they're super agents. And they're trying to take down like a Soviet spy satellite and take out the KGB. And she's just like, yeah, the Soviet Union disbanded five years ago. And this, and this is kind of that moment where she's like, everything you guys say is just a little bit wrong. So, and, I, and for me, that was really the only kind of truly fish out of water moment where he's, and he's just, he basically just went like, just trust me that we're trying to, we're on the same side and we're trying to save people. Um, and that was the best they could do. But I love what I love when he's like, yeah, the so she's like, yes, the Soviets, they're no longer around. What are you guys talking about? So that's, that's my moment. But Paris still never gives in. He still maintains that he's a secret agent and just yeah, carries never, on, just telling her, telling her whatever she wants to hear. And then Tubac keeps walking up and saying, we must contact our friends. Friends. Not all ominous when you say it like that either. Sounds perfectly normal. But I, I, I love that too. When yeah. she's she's like you know the Soviet Union disbanded f- you know five years ago, and, and um, Paris goes, "That's what they want you to think." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a pretty like '90s thing to say. Like, like for, to a '90s person, there's so many conspiracy theories like going around. Like that's like oh okay, <laughs> that, that, like that, that's actually pretty you know pretty. Uh, <laughs> Could could be possible, you know. So it's it's yeah, funny. That's, yeah. that's a really good scene. Uh, could have thought. I, I wonder. You could. I thought you might have selected the bit where uh, 
where Balana and Chakotay have been kidnapped in in a weird sort of twist at, twist at the end, where they were being kidnapped and held oh. up by the sort of rednecks. I'm not sure exactly what was going on. Yeah, so, yeah. survivalists. Yeah, so I, my comment on that is that so when 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 this episode aired and they had that scene, it's like, oh yeah, I, I get that. And then you watch it ten years later, and it's like, yeah, yeah okay, you know, it, it didn't wasn't really that troubling. You watch it now. The last two years, and it's terrifying. Yeah, I had the same it's experience. Yeah. It's amazing how the just the the tone of that has yeah. changed the way I look at it. Because now I watch those guys, and I'm like, there are lots oh of yeah, there are lots guys, of people. This is like this. what we're living mm-hmm. in right now. These guys are terrifying. And ten years ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, these guys are kind. Of, this is like over the top. Yeah. Uh, or there's I'm like not, there's like kooky people that live you know live in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah, these guys are yeah, nut jobs, nut jobs, like, but now nut. it's like actually a thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I, had- so I stayed. I stayed away from that yeah. because it's just yeah. I. Those scenes are actually yeah. dark. I had the same experience watching it this time. Yeah, I, I'd forgotten that entirely that those scenes existed, and it actually caught me by surprise that they were doing something like this. Um, right. it, was, uh, it was a bit scary, and yeah, just to have Chakotay and Balana tied up and being threatened because of who they are, who they may be. And one of them actually said, this one looks like an Indian. I was like, wow. Yeah. People are saying that still. Yeah, it's terrible. Anyway, brought the tone down quite a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to bring it up. (laughs) Uh, Jen, what did you pick for your best fish out of water moment? Oh my, there's, yeah, there's so many. And so, you know, exact change, you know, a double dumbass on you, you know, um, the neck pinching the, the punk guy and on the bus, you know, <laughs> there's, there's Wessels. Wessels, yeah. Oh, there's, there's so many good ones. Um, but I had to go with Scott, professor Scott. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had to because it, 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 he plays up his role like he, he, he you can tell he's enjoying it you know because because you make the more pompous you make it the more they're going to believe that you belong there you know so he's I traveled millions of miles from Edinburgh <laughs> like thousands thousands of miles you know which I just love and uh, you know so it starts out you know great and then of course then um, you know hello computer you know. <laughs> You got to give it to his delivery on that. He's you know, so polite to it as well. And the smile <laughs> gives it. Hello, computer. And the keyboard, how quaint, you know. <laughs> so this is that one. That that scene's just, I mean, it's so funny. I got to gotta give it to, to Scotty It on that is one. A, an excellent scene. <laughs> now, Madeline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, actually, Jen, you, I suppose you could have picked the, picked the moment that the whales were actually beamed up. Onto the bounty, literally. I, I thought about that. <laughs> but as Gillian Taylor told us, they're uh, not fish. They're definitely mammals. You know, Ross, it's so funny you said it because I, I definitely, I was like, I was like, I was like, Ross would pick a literal fish out of moment water here. And I literally read through that. I was like, are they ever out of the water? Oh, but he'll call me out on the fact that they're not actually fish. They're what? They're mammals. I'm like, okay, so I won't do it. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> That would have been Ross. So thank take. you for not letting me down, Ross. Thank I, you. I am, you know, I'm very obvious. When you get to know me, I'm very, very <laughs> obvious. <laughs> oh no, I like the way your mind works. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, uh, Jim, where would you like to dish your point out for uh, best fish out of water moment? 
Yeah, this one, this one's a, this is gonna be another whitewash. There's, I, I knew this was another uphill battle, and I knew, I figured you would pick Doctor Nichols and uh, Professor Scott <laughs> and his and his quaint computer. So yeah, definitely the boys' home. And Jen, uh, what about you? Yes, same for me. For me, I, I didn't want to go so obvious, but on this one, I kind of had to. That's that's my favorite one. That's the one that really makes me laugh though and i really do like that scene though in the bus with uh with rain and tuvok and um and paris and and i think it's funny how it kind of mimics the scene in jillian's car too like there's a lot of those little oh yeah you know yeah like that's where they kind of had they kind of had that same scene in in in, you know in the person's car and i thought that was cool um but but yeah i love because i love how she's like she's on to him and (laughs) And like and right after that, she says, "Right after that, she's like, Agent Tuvok, what's up? It's like, Breakfast is up. <laughs> that's great. I love it. That's too. She's like, um, she's like, oh, that's not breakfast. That's you know, what did she say? An afternoon at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> and Tuvok goes right back. He's, he's like, and that's a non sequitur. Hand me a burrito. <laughs> and that's another example, by the way, not to get off topic of where Rain is. All, she's again, she's." She's not the butt no. of the joke. She's ahead of mm-hmm. it. He's telling her that Tupac walks up. She's like, Agent Tupac. <laughs> like, this guy's an agent. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> it's so good. She's so on top of everything. Absolutely. It's great. To, in she's in charge, really, when she's in the car. Yeah. When she's driving, she's totally in charge. I, I do love yeah. her. And I love the whole attitude that she has because she has this all figured out. Yeah, Julian, so true. You know, she gets told everything yeah. and she's, she's super useful. But Rain figures it all out. She understands what's going on. She's helping yeah. out and being super useful. That, oh, this is tough. So I do love the moment yeah. you pick Jen is, is, is iconic, isn't it? We all will. I cosplay it. At STLV. I mean, that's how good that's it is. I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I didn't want to bring it up, but you did your cosplay. It is very, very good. Um, I am going to give my point to to Rain and to uh, Paris because of Rain's attitude. I absolutely love her attitude. Your moment's iconic, Jen, but I do love it so all the way through the episode. Her attitude's there, and that little that little part of it is just uh, it, she, she just knows what's up, and I, I, like, I really like that, and I really I like it, it follows all the way through the plot. So I'm going to give a point, a point to Future's End from All right. Okay, so that is us. Four rounds down. We're flying through this. Round five. Best time travel mechanism. Uh, Jen, what have you got for best time travel mechanism? <laughs> okay. We've got a good old-fashioned slingshotting around the sun. <laughs> for this. N- nothing fancy, you know, time warp. <laughs> Time warp. It's just uh, just one of the, we've done it before. Yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> Love it's just like it's like oh we'll just travel through time get some whales. Just links to around the sun. Spock, Spock, prepare the calculations. <laughs> you know? I have to do it from memory. Right. Like, all right. So yeah, so they totally just punt on this one. They're like, we want to do a time travel adventure, and we'll just find a way to do it, and then move on. And which I'm totally fine with. <laughs> when time travel comes around, I don't. You know, I don't care that it doesn't make sense, but uh, I, do, I do like the little added hiccup 
that on the way back, they you know the time travel drained the Klingon dilithium crystals. Yeah, that's a good twist. And that's and that's funny too because the way Scotty puts it, he's like he's like oh you know uh, these. Uh, you know these 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 Klingon crystals. You know didn't couldn't even make it through a route of time travel as if like <laughs> as if that was something that like Federation ti- you know dil- dilithium crystals could handle. You know <laughs> it was like all oh, these cheap Klingon crystals. You know <laughs> yeah. Um, so but it did add something to it that one of the things they had to do to find their way back was find these the nuclear material. You know that they need what did they say it was a high energy uh, photons or whatever they need it to yeah. to kind of give it a little bit of spice to try you know to to get, get in in, gather the photons right. exactly so so yeah that's that's what they did that's that's mine i, I love the time i've been watching uh the original the first series and they do throw out the word time warp a few times <laughs> i just watched return to tomorrow tomorrow is yesterday yeah. Oh, yes, yeah and uh yeah, the time travel, the time travel, just the fact that it's just time warp, right. time travel, and there's no, there's no further explanation. It's just very basic. We're traveling back in time. Here we go. Winner. Yeah, uh, yeah they, I love they it. Did it in assignment Earth, and tomorrow's yesterday. Just mm-hmm. nice callback to the original series episodes. Uh, but with the added addition of giant stone heads, cloud heads. Thank you. Yes. The, the, that. The that sequence is so of its time. I mean, I could just see him like in the production, like this is the most amazing thing ever. Look at these computer we can do computer animation. It's super. It's <laughs> incredible. And now you're looking at it like, oh man, what? I don't know. What were they on? Is that sort of vintage <laughs> charm? I I don't mind it. I would. I I don't. I I mean, I, this is my favorite Trek movie, but that scene. I don't find any vintage yeah. charm. You know what I do like though? I love the I love the the final shot of the the reeds in the marsh fading up into Kirk. I love that moment at the yeah. end of that scene. It's like the real yeah. quiet kind of marshy marsh with the with the reeds yeah. and uh, that that's actually beautiful but those those heads are—they are so strange. It's, it's creepy, and it's not. I'm not even certain what they're trying to convey. I know, I know. It's like oh, and the whales, and like the... I think I, I think I could forgive the heads. It, it's it's the body, the falling body. It, like don't, you don't know who it is. Oh, it's that's just right. A, yeah. Yeah. Humanoid figure it's dropping. Weird. It's, it's so strange. Yeah. yeah. Well, my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was, that was a perfect Jen. movie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, that was very good. Thank you very much. Uh Jim, what do you have for best time travel mechanism? All right, there's a lot to cover here cuz this one uh, this is this is the strength of of the episode. I love it. I mean, Captain Braxton the scene set, he just charges in with I mean, he's literally like, hey, power down, I'm going to destroy you. And, <laughs> and I'm from the 29th century, and I'm a time commissioner, and that's the deal. I'm like, what? What are so you talking about? So faced with it as well. You know, it doesn't care. And and I love that it, when they're going back, because I like the the juxtaposition of that at the end when they when he comes back, and they're like, yeah, you know, we just saw you were homeless and this and that. And he's like, yeah, I don't know about that timeline. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just moving you back to. I mean, it was. I, that I love that. It's just quintessential time travel stuff for, yeah. for Trek. And I love all the conversations because that's good. That's good enough. But 
when they run into Braxton in that scene in the alley, it's so much fun when you realize, oh, man, this is Braxton. He's been there for 20 years, and he's kind of gone crazy. And he and I love that he gives a shout-out to the episode with, all things have been set in motion. The end is coming. Yes. The future's yes. end. Yes. So <laughs> That's great good. when he says the episode title. And then he has the great line. He's drawing on the board the, that's the paradox. A leads to B, leads to C, back to A. So I and love everything about that. Fourth dimensionally. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I love everything about uh, Braxton and that setup. Actually, the only thing I don't like about Braxton is that they recast him. In, yes. uh, that bugged me. But, uh, yeah, that's a bummer kept- because it was nice to have him come back. Like, Yeah, I wish they'd kept like, the same yeah. guy, but uh, whatever reason. So... Yeah, uh, that's that's yeah. It's Captain Braxton and the and the and that Eon twenty ninth ship. Our first kind of reference to temporal prime directive. Was that the first time they wrote? Because they say temporal prime directive when he when uh, Braxton won't send them, won't leave them up by uh, when he. I'm not. uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I know it's the first time we see you know like the twenty ninth century time police idea. Yeah, maybe I'm just uh, about, uh, trials and maybe tribulations. They, they reference it in past tense. That was after. No, that was after. That, yeah. Well, trials and tribulations. All you saw was the the Department of. But do they mention? Yeah. Do they mention the temporal yeah, part? Was... I mean. But if it was oh, after, oh oh oh! If this was the first mention yeah. of it. Yeah, I mean, it, like it might have come up in. No, I think it, I'm pretty sure this is the first mention of it. Wow. And then you get the great line from. Jayway that I referenced yeah. before about the I swore I'd never get myself caught up in <laughs> past the future, the future is the past it all gives me a headache I, I absolutely love the Captain Braxton explanation, I love the fact they spend so much time with him, like once you figured out it's him, and you sort of, you, you understand what's happened, right? and it's, it made me think of actually what happens at the beginning yep. of the Star Trek 2009, the same sort of thing he's come through but 30 <laughs> years before, and then They've come out 30 yeah. years later. Right. And Great just, point. You know, what a terrible time he's had. But he still gives a fantastic explanation of a temporal paradox and goes into quite a lot of detail, which I really enjoyed listening to. And then he pulls out his crusty little diagram as well, which he's got secreted away in like a bit of tent or something. Um, and he's looking for his pencils that have been pinched. Who stole my pencils? <laughs> he's so crazy. Uh, and the fact oh. that that scene ends with him being chased by the police... Just runs off yeah. and the police chase him. That's that's nicely mad. <laughs> but I was a bit disappointed that Janeway and Chakotay didn't really go all out to help him, but I suppose they had bigger fish to fry. Um, yeah, she's, she's like, we'll have to worry about him later, and then they never do. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow. No, 30 years, whoever, <laughs> that'd be fine. But that's that's funny when you know when the policeman, he's like, come on, tell him I'm not crazy. And, and just the you look on Janeway's right. face, she's like... <laughs> I know. I don't know him. <laughs> I know. They could have I felt really bad because they could have said, "Oh, you know, he was a captain." But yeah, he or like, or he's, he's, he's my he grandpa, and he's just confused and yeah. <laughs> whatever. But uh, but yeah. I, I I really like the the juxtaposition between crazy, you know, quote unquote crazy Braxton, you know, um, after thirty years of going through that versus uh, the one at the end that comes yeah. through. And it's just, you know, the police on patrol saying, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tow you back to the 24th century. Um, and, you know, and, and they tell, you know, when they tell him, Oh, but we just saw you 
on Earth, you were stranded there for 30 years. And the nonchalance that he that he takes yeah. that knowledge with, he's just like, oh, well, I didn't experience that no. timeline. <laughs> As if, like, this is something that happens on his job all the time. <laughs> that is so true. I know, you must hear this stuff all the time. Not even the worst thing I've ever heard happening to me. It must be part of Vulcan to just be able to brush off without a care. Oh, I love that idea. The idea that... Well, he does go crazy later in relativity, so... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe crazy is in in his destiny. He's destined for that to occur. That's another really good episode, though. I really enjoy relativity, too. Jen, where is your point going for... um, Best time travel mechanism. Oh, 100% to Future's End for, for, for this one. I love the idea of the 29th century time cops. <laughs> I want a, I would want a series just about them. <laughs> you know, I, I find it endlessly fascinating. I, love I thought it was idea. great that we got Daniels in Enterprise as like one of these Daniels. characters who's coming back through. And yeah. I thought he played it really well. He was just mysterious, just yeah. that bit annoying. Um but I really felt like I wanted to know more about his world happened. And the only time we actually visit it, it's all been upended and it's just him and Archer in some sort of apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah. And, and, and the actual time travel mechanism of them going through this, this rift um, is, is really interesting because, you know, uh, you know, they, they go through it and they're in, they're in, they're near earth. And they're like, oh, this must have been where, you know, this was generate, you know, well, where the energy was generated originally. And they see, you know, you get this beautiful, you know, shot of Earth. And it's it, this whole thing is so, so terrible, such a terrible mind fuck, you know, for yeah. them, you know, because they think it's like, oh, my God, are we home? Are we home? Contact Starfleet headquarters. Look, that's Earth. And, and oh, then, they just get a bunch oh, of adverts. Answering machine messages and advertisements. Yeah. Soap operas and and sporting events and <laughs> uh, and oh it's so sad like oh but I I love it yeah definitely point to Future's End for that Jim where's your point going for th- this round Yeah exactly exactly the same I mean this this was a, this was an easy one for me and to complete it I'm also giving my point to Future's End I do love those giant stone heads cloudy heads they're so weird. <laughs> Um, no, I, I do have a soft spot for them, but I actually love I love Captain Braxton's explanation of the paradox. Uh, I love seeing yeah. the time shifts of the 29th century. I love the idea of it. A clear point for uh, for future center. Yeah, we should have had those creepy heads when we did our top five shapes. All the <laughs> oh, yes, why, why didn't we think yeah. of that? <laughs> You know what the, the shape that would have got me because there is one which is well, they have the heads and then have the sort of whale looking shape. It look, actually look like a whale. It just sort of makes you think of a whale. And sometimes I wonder if that might be one of the aliens, right? It's because it's such a weird looking, not quite a whale, but maybe something a bit like a whale. No. Uh, <laughs> th- th- have a nightmare this evening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, round number six. We'll go for a classic. We'll go for best line. Jim, what is the best line from Future's oh, End? Oh, man, I can't choose. There's so many. So many good ones in Future's End. And I've, and I've referenced, and there's so many in Voyage Home, too. Yeah. It's, uh, so, all right, a couple of the ones that I consider, I, I definitely considered Agent Tuvok. What's up? <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's just the way she says it as yeah. well. It's very funny. And she said, and when she calls, she says, you, Mr. Leisure Suit, that's a name I hadn't considered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
doctor and chrono works stock is about to crash that's the one i like <laughs> and there's and janeway references like stone, like stone knives and bear skins when she's on the keyboard a, a call back to city on the edge of forever and spock there's so many here there's so many funny and one other funny one was uh what is when rain says to do what is that thing in your pants? <laughs> I your pardon. Yes. So all of these are great and they're funny and they're all kind of, I could go with any of those and they yeah. would all be appreciated, but I'm going to go with a moment that kind of Voyager used over and over again from this point on with our, the great uh, captain Catherine Janeway. And that is what I referenced in the Limerick Janeway saying, ever since my first days of the Academy, I swore I'd never get caught in one of these godforsaken paradoxes. <laughs> the future is the past. The past is the future. It all gives me a headache. <laughs> I love that line, and it was something that they that they uh, played with as they uh, went all the way through through Voyager. It's um, kind of like weird as part of the game. So for me, it's, yeah. it's iconic uh, uh, era, 90s era television Trek line. I love it. It's such a good line, and it is such a you know, it's a Janeway line. We all know that's a line yep. that Janeway would say. It's a perfect pick. I, I can't, I can't yep. think of a better one. Um, yep. Yeah, I love that one too. That's a great pick. The, the so, one, what's that thing in your pants? <laughs> the one thing I thought that Paris said was, which really made me laugh, and I took a lot of interest in, was when he really excitedly says, "Orgy of the Walking Dead." Uh, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was was great. I'm a big fan of zombie films, but that just a weird title for a film. Um, I don't. Right know, the- I don't even know if it's a real film. Um, but, I don't think it is. No. But it was uh, very very funny when he said it. That was another one that I considered was when Paris is taking his shirt off and he's like, "Come on, Tuvok, catch some rays." And Tuvok's like, yeah. "And risk hypoplasia." Yeah. He's like, "Deep down, Vulcan's just a bunch of hypochondriacs." <laughs> I love so it. Great. Okay, Jen, what was the best line from The Voyage Home? Okay. Oh, well, well, again, you know, this movie's full of. I mean, you could just quote this movie. You could just. Yeah. <laughs> we, we could just have a whole pa- podcast of us, of us just saying quotes of this movie and laughing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We could fill a whole hour's worth of that. Um, and when we talked about a lot of a lot of the funny funnier ones, uh, so, so the one I, the one I actually picked for for best line um, wasn't one of the the jokey ones. So <clears throat> okay. this is gonna be a battle. <laughs> okay, mm. so this is at the end. Um, you know they're back. They're back uh, in the twenty in the twenty third century, and and Spock and and Sarek are saying goodbye. And you know Sarek says, "Do you, you know? Do you have any messages for your mother?" And Spock says, "Tell her I feel fine." Oh, you know, which goes back. You know, references from the beginning mm. of when he's he's you know retraining his brain, and and the computer asks how he feels, and and he has that that you know that great scene with with amanda of them discussing you know the human side of him and and you know how his how his friends did something very human to save him and and all that and the reason i picked this line was because i feel like this line is setting the stage for um for the spock the old wise spock that we grew to to know from this moment on Basically, you know, from, you know, seeing him in the next generation, the movies in the Kelvin timeline, you know, the old wise Spock who kind of manages to bring both sides 
bring balance to the, the two sides of himself, you know? And this is really, I, I think this movie is kind of the journey that he goes through of finding that clarity. You know what I mean? Um, there, there's mm-hmm. always the, you know, because there's so many lines about, um, there's one where he's talking to Jillian in the, in the museum, I'm sorry, at the aquarium. And, and he's saying, you know, to hunt a species to extinction is not logical. And she says, whoever said the human race was logical. And so that's a bad way the humans are logical. And then later on, you know, when they talk about they have to save Chekhov and Spock's like, oh, yeah, we have to save him. It's not logical, but it's human. You know, it's the human thing to do. And I think mm-hmm. he goes through this like, you know, from the beginning of not even not being able to understand the question of how do you feel, you know, to finally at the end kind of like kind of getting it, you know, <laughs> like retraining his brain and getting it and tell her I feel fine is kind of this is the new Spock. From then on, you know, great, great, great. That is really solid pick because it's really emotional. Feel like you know, not not a not a funny one at all, but really a really a touching one. And you know, to tie into all of the rest of Spock's appearances and really how he is and how we know him, that's a power move. (laughs) It's it's got got DNA through uh, 2009 as well, where Zachary Quinto Spock is struggling with how to feel. Yes. Um, yeah. and multiple multiple references in that film. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's awesome. I love that pick. Super emotional. Yeah, that's really good. Mm. Well, no pressure. This is a tough one. Is, no the vote, is the vote to me? Vote to me. <laughs> oh man, I I am gonna go with. Yeah, I'm leaning toward. So I, I usually, I'm more of a. I've said this. I, I'm more of a TV. I love Star Trek on TV. That's what I'm all about. I love the movies, yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. but, but they, they're, they're always uh, down the list for me a little bit when it comes to, uh, when I'm thinking about Star Trek. It's always about the, the, the show and the series. And like, I mean, Future's mm-hmm. End to me is, is. Incredible. So I think I'm going to go with Janeway on this one because I love that defining. I think that's a moment that defines her character through the rest of the series as well in terms of kind of how, how we view her. So this is a tough one. That's a tough one. And, I, and Spock is, you know, my top three character. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Janeway though, because of the, the TV uh, link linkage. Okay. Okay. Jen, where's your point? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I agree. That's, that's such a Jane way thing to say. <laughs> that is, that mm-hmm. is kind of how she, yeah, how she reacts to things. I, I'm usually more of a, a TV fan as well. Uh, I, I agree with you. That's just where Star Trek belongs is on TV. Yeah. For, yeah. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm like, the, the movies are fine. Um, but, uh, but overall, that that's yeah. where my heart is too. But um I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Spock on this one because uh, t- to me that it's it's just such a. Um, I, I really love old wise Spock. You know, whenever he shows up in, in Next Gen, Kellen timeline, and and I think this this was the first time we've actually, you know, you know we we met him. You know, that change in him. So uh, not that he wasn't always wise. You know what I mean? Um, but this mm-hmm. this is m- more just like him finally. Making, making peace with it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Yes, yeah, so for me, I'll, I'll go with Spock for this one. Okay, 
This, this is, is a good so one to split the world on. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. because you both made such compelling cases, and you both tied them into the in, not just the the scene and not just the episode, but the entirety of the character for two um, major characters, Jane Wayne yeah. and Zion. It's awesome, and that makes it really hard to do. I feel I feel like Spock now. I feel like I've got a, a head and a heart. One, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Future's End uh, because I do love. Jay, the fact that we continually keep them doing this to Janeway, putting her <laughs> in these weird temporal paradox scenarios, and we know this is the thing she particularly hates, and she always mentions it, and I find that amusing, and I like the fact they keep putting her through that. And then at the end, at the end of the show, the resolution that she learns is, I can oh. use a temporal paradox. Oh my god, I didn't I, even I think of that. I can do no. everything that's happened and use the thing I hate the most. To, to my biggest advantage, so I am. I'm going to go for that. Yeah. But uh, I, I do love the Spock pick as well. But I'm going to. I should have made that argument. That's brilliant. Yeah. And and I and I, I too I like the way that she um like in this universe time travel is just something that's accepted as a thing mm-hmm. that she can just say oh that's not like a subject that I'm interested in you know yeah. as if it's like a normal thing. But, but it, so, they've had lessons on it at the academy. They'll have been right. taught this. Here's some examples of time travel. Here's when you can, yeah. Right. I had to go through time travel at the Academy, but that was, you know, <laughs> just just to, uh, you know, on my transcript. <laughs> but it was my worst, you know, least favorite class. So, yeah, so that's a good pick. I could see that being it's a, split. They were both, they were both. Okay. I'm going to give you a points, up, points update. So, Jen, okay. you are still in the lead with 10 points for the voyage home. I'm not. I'm not in the, the lead. Voyage the voyage home's in the lead. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, but admirably, um, Janeway has caught up. See what I did there. Um, and <laughs> uh, Future's End has got eight points. So actually, there's not much in it whatsoever. And we have two two more rounds. Yeah, two more rounds. Okay. Good. So. We're going to go for best 20th century object. That's round seven. Mm. And uh, Jen, would you like to start us off with this? Okay, best 20th century object. I couldn't go with anything else besides the USS Enterprise, the 20th century (laughs) version of the Enterprise. (laughs) Because I thought that was just such a nice little... A nice little shout out, you know. I thought that was that was. I like the way they did it, you know. And then che- Chekhov's like, "Hey, I found the, that nuclear material." Looking and guess what? It's the Enterprise, you know. After after they had lost their Enterprise, um, which was nice. Um, it wasn't the actual Enterprise. Um, right. Actually, it was actually played by by a, a non nuke. Uh, sh- uh, sh- yeah, the USS Ranger. Ranger. Yeah, which um, fun fact: uh, the Ranger also stood in for the Enterprise in Top Gun. Which also came out in wow. 1986, uh, which I thought was interesting, and, and I guess uh, like the um, the engineering, um, you know, floors in a, in a nuke would be classified anyway. So I guess it, <laughs> I guess that that might be one of the reasons mm. too. But um, but I thought it was just I, just I thought it was just a nice little uh, nice little shout out. They're, they they met their namesake. You know, it was kind of, it was kind of a variation of a character meeting their you know, great grandfather, right. you know, yeah, in a time yeah, travel adventure, you know? So I, I thought that was cute. So that, that's my pick. I love it. 
Chekhov did look particularly pleased with himself he when he mentioned the Enterprise. Hey, now, another fun fact, that scene and uh, where the ranger was docked is about half a mile from where I grew up. So it's on no way. Coronado Island. No way. Coronado Island in San Diego. And it's, there's oh. a big Navy base on that island. And I grew up on that island. And uh, and that's where they are on the rocks when they're kind of crawling up to it is uh, a friend of mine's house. You can literally see that spot from, from that side of the bay. Are you kidding me? Cool. That is so cool. <laughs> How many times have you been there climbing up those Well, rocks? the last time yeah. I was there, it was, it was the, I actually tweeted it within like the last couple of years. I should retweet that. It's uh, I took a shot yeah. where you could actually see the exact same kind of scope in the uh, – in the horizon. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> so great cool. Spot. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. That's a great pick though. Are you a, Na- were you a Navy brat? No, no. Or- I always tell people, cause it's like a, it's an Island in San Diego. It's like, but, but my parents bought, bought homes there in like the 1950s when they were like $25,000. <laughs> <Right>. oh, <wow. laughs> so, and they still live in the same ones. So and yeah, now it's like this multi, now it's this multi-million dollar like super rich community. It's like yeah, when I tell people from Chicago, I'm like yeah, but let me give you the qualifier. <laughs> so <laughs> the house that they're trying to get rid of all of them, my parents still have one, and they literally bought it for twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. That was an awesome pick. I love it. I th- I thought you may have gone for uh, Kirk's glasses. Yeah, I suppose. But they're, they're not really 20th century. 20th century, are they? They're 18th century. 18th century. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. I I was uh, I was uh, also thinking about the uh, the. It wasn't an actual pocket pager, but I love the reference to. Uh, the oh yeah. <laughs> I also thought about the yellow pages. Yo, that's a good because yeah. they look. They they look up. Yeah, it's useful too. I mean, they they. Were look they up sponsoring several. the 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 film because they get like every shout out. Yeah, but Pacific Bell itself had a yeah. you know like a an advertise you know a, what's it called yeah. P- product placement. Yeah. <laughs> so must have. Okay, pretty good pick. I like it. I like the Enterprise. That's a good one. I like the Enterprise. I love oh, the Enterprise. <laughs> uh, Jim, what's okay, your pick? Okay, so this is my secret weapon pick. We, I, I love this one. So I thought about the Griffith Observatory, even though, but it'll, yeah. hopefully it'll still be around. I, I love that. I thought about the '90s desktop computers, getting all the, <laughs> the those and the, and the graphics, and I was re- the pictographs. And the, I was, <laughs> I was really close to picking uh, Rain Robinson's blue VW bus because that is so iconic. It, <laughs> In the, yeah. in the series. And by the way, I actually I wrote myself a note here. Another point of this is like the Rain Robinson hour. I love it. So another word, he's like way ahead of it. When they're chasing the, the truck on the on the road, she just butts in when when Paris is talking to yeah. and says, Hi, this is Rain Robinson. You don't know me, but there's zero traffic on this road. So the point is they're gonna know we're following them. I mean, that's great information. <laughs> And Janeway just goes, thank you, Mrs. Robinson. I will keep that in mind. I love that scene (laughs) because it's just like two authors. It's just, there's no, uh, no, nothing false there. Anyway, I love it. But here's my secret weapon. I didn't go with the, with the VW uh, bus. I went with one of my all time favorite uh, Easter eggs or props. And it is the Telosian action figure on Rain Robinson's desk. In in her office as my favorite yes. 20th century item because 
It's so cool, but it's sitting right there, and it's clear as day. There is a Tolosian. That is a, when I came up with this category, that is what I was thinking of. Oh, I knew, that I knew very, that very object. I knew Ross would appreciate that, but this, uh, I love, I love that Tolosian on there. It's so cool. Such a great shout I, out. It's. I just love the fact that they went to the effort of doing that because they didn't have to do it. It doesn't add anything to the story, but it just makes me feel warm that they put this in there. It's so cool. I love it, and it complete. I like it because it it can completely fits her character totally. You know, a a lover of astrophysics and B movies and everything. You know what I mean? Like she would. It could totally have come from any sci-fi B movie. Uh, Exactly. Yeah, I absolutely love it. What, What a what a great pick. Um, yeah, and honestly, that was what I was going to mention. If uh, if you hadn't brought that up, he just said it was a secret weapon. I was like, oh, what is going to I wasn't. I wasn't sure if uh, yeah, if you had it on there, but I knew I knew it was a very Ross uh, level pick. Ah, well, <laughs> I do love it. Um, okay. See, Ross, everyone has to step up their game. I know. <laughs> Keep up. I feel with like you. I had an easy time of it this week as well. I thought I don't have to pick, make any picks this week. I didn't have to write a poem either. So I felt really, really relaxed about this evening. And then as we got closer, I thought, oh, I might have, to have something to say. Right. <laughs> I better start thinking of things that I can say. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I think it's your turn, Jim, isn't it? Uh, to, to give yes, out the point? So I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm going. I love the Enterprise pick, but I'm going with my secret weapon. I. Uh, this, this, I've been targeting this one from the beginning. I love it. The Telosian on Rain Robinson's desk. He is very, very tasty pick. Jan? Yeah, my boy's going to Future Zen too on that one. Okay, well, this is uh, is this our first whiteout for Future Zen? All three? I absolutely love uh, the Telosian pick. I love the Enterprise <laughs> pick is is nice. And it's, you know, I like the fact that they recognized it was nice as well, you know. Well, Chekhov did. Yeah, I, Kirk seemed a bit nonplussed by Chekhov, the whole thing, didn't Chekhov. he? He was like, "Yeah, really." <laughs> he ignored it. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, okay, cool." Get get the if nuclear. If he'd been material, standing please. on the bow of the Enterprise, he'd have gazed off into the middle distance. But he's walking along. Yeah. He's busy. Um, so yeah, so a three for for Future's End uh, and Jim's secret weapon choice. And as we enter the final yes. category, the points stand as the voyage home with ten and Future's End with eleven. Which is, you know, oh, really about? as neck and neck as it could possibly be uh, at seven rounds. Yep. So we picked a big one for the last one. What is the best scene? The best scene, oh, and man. there are good. There are so many good scenes. I really have no idea what you guys are going to pick for these ones, uh, Jim. What's the best scene in Future's End? Oh man, this is like impossible. I don't even have that many notes written down for this one because. Basically, everything else I've talked about is the best scene in this episode because there's so many great ones. <laughs> there well, are. I have two <clears throat> that I'm trying to choose between. And we've talked about it ad infinitum, so I'm not going to pick Paris and Tuvok meeting Rain okay. Robinson. That I love that scene. It's, it's probably the best scene, quote-unquote, in the in the in the episode, mm-hmm. but we've talked about it a lot and talked about rain. So I am actually going to pick the for me. It's what sold this episode and gave it gravitas. And man, the special effects on this stand the test of time, and they're super cool. And I remember this 
moment when it happened thinking this is a special episode of star trek and it is the cliffhanger at the end of part one it's the amateur (laughs) video of voyager it's so cool (laughs) and i'm telling you we don't you don't need this in blu-ray watch the this one minute clip of neelix like yeah i got some news uh everyone want to see and the it's you know a lot of times news fake news clips look fake they just don't they're not done well this is done expertly you feel like you're watching a news broadcast and the shot of voyager flying through the the at the you know low level on the horizon of the city of los angeles i love that it's so cool the grainy footage just looks incredible so it's the amateur video of voyager at the end of part one one of my favorite uh, trek cliffhangers well, that is a very very niche pick and i absolutely love it that is yeah. such a good choice um i love the fact that it comes from neelix and kez's sort of little yes, their, their little right. mission as well which is to monitor all the 20th century broadcasts which is such yep. Such a, a weird thing to have them do, but it's so perfect for them. And the fact that they start falling in love with a uh, uh, a soap opera, a soap opera, and they get yeah. really emotionally invested in it, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, and I was so glad that actually it ca- something came up from it that it wasn't just a, a joke. Yeah. Actually, they're going to, you know, the, the information they're providing is useful. And I love that. Yeah. I love the fact that they picked that scene. Yeah. It's great. I agree. Can, can we give a shout out to Kim? What a great job Kim did. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, you know, on the bridge. Oh, in the big chair yeah, first yep. time in the big Great chair point. yeah because he's you know he, he i mean he does a wonder he does a very star trek captain thingy <laughs> by disobeying janeway and janeway told told him not to go lower but he's like you know i'm gonna save janeway and chakotay you know i'm gonna do it and he makes that decision and he does it and uh you know this is the consequence <laughs> But that they worked. But it's also the fact that uh, he's the one who told Neelix and Kess to monitor the 20th century, you know, yeah. uh, programs too. So, so it's because of him that they know that everyone's decided that this clip's a hoax, except the you know classified you know military. Oh, the, well, yeah, the military channels which they have channels. access to. Yeah, yeah, which is very useful information. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I agree with you. I, the, the way it's the way it's it's filmed, it, it, it just it's it really. I mean, you could have seen this. You felt like you were watching news footage from the. Like, it really looks really cool. Good. It's so well done. It, and it stands really the test of time. Yeah. It stands the time. It really does. Time. Okay, great pick, Jen. It is a good pick. So now you've got oh, to no. uh, represent the voyage home. Oh no, I've got to battle with that. Oh no. Okay. Well, okay. My best scene. I couldn't pick any other scene. This is my. This was always. This was my easiest decision to make. Wow. This, I can't even. This impossible. This no, is, I've got no idea what you're gonna pick. This was my. This is just always stuck with me. The the point of this movie. This the whole point of this movie is in this one scene. Um, and this is Spock swimming with the whales and getting yelled at by Jillian <laughs> Taylor. It starts out funny, you know, because they're on the tour and, and the, you know, and, and you see Spock swim up and the look on Kirk's face <laughs> when he sees Spock yeah. in the tank, this was not something that he told him to do, you know? Um, and, it's, and, and then, and then, you know, she's, she's like, what the hell, you know, runs up and starts yelling at him. What were you doing? And, and, and why he did it, you know, attempting the hell to communicate yeah. with these, mind melding with these whales. <laughs> um, so, you know, 
it, like so it's got the it's got everything it's got the humor of you know him you know they like you very much but they are not the hell your whales you know all, all, all yeah. the, the the uh the humor, but also just the, the whole point of this movie of, 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 you know, conservation of, of, of respect mm-hmm. for other species, you know, uh, you know, Admiral, if we were to assume these whales were ours to do with as we please, we would be as guilty as those who caused their extinction. And that's such a uh, lovely idea, you know, that yeah. they weren't just going to take these whales, you know, they were going to respect them as beings, you know, and that they're not the hell they're whales. You know, they don't belong to you. You know, they don't. Be- they, you know, they don't belong to anyone. I, I, oh, th- I just love that scene. There's, yeah. it has everything. Yeah, it's a really excellent scene, and you know, it's it's such a strange idea to think that after you've watched a franchise, you know, you've watched however many episodes of Star Trek, you've watched three films, but it's a film about them finding some whales, which is such the heart of of Star Trek, isn't it? We all know this film. Everyone loves this film. And that scene where he actually dives in and swims with some whales, it's not even science fiction. It's just it's just so emotional and so raw and so useful and so excellent. Oh, it's such a good such And a now good how choice. cool that a mind meld would work <laughs> between a Vulcan and a whale. <laughs> it worked with a horda. <laughs> if you can mind meld with a horda, I guess you, you could. You know it was going to work. Didn't he mind meld with a nomad probe? He's mind melded. I'm not sure when this episode's dropping, but we just did top five scenes on location for uh, Trek ranks. And spoiler alert for anybody listening: we this this scene does come up uh, the aquarium, and we talked about it because it's amazing. They filmed it in like four different locations, like there was like studio, green screen, upstairs. I mean, the way they edited it all together is really, really cool. We went into it in a lot of detail, but. It works. You would never so know you that. Would not and know the, there were four different locations going on. The it's comedic. So this well is why together. William Shatner is such a great actor. People do not give enough credit when he's looking around like, "Where's Spock? Where's Spock? Go? That the look on his face. His face. Right, genius. <laughs> such a great pick. But they don't let it go. He doesn't just do it once. I know. In fact, he just carries yeah. on. It just in gets the, more the and more like, like, oh my goodness, then, what is and happening? And then you start yelling at him. She's, she's like, what the hell are you doing? And, and Kirk's like, yeah, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. But the, but the reveal, too, when she says, going, 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 and the tension, and then the old lady says, well, mate, why don't you ask that man yeah. swimming with the woman? Maybe there's a to that <laughs> man. <laughs> Oh my god! So to that man. <laughs> it's so great. It's so yeah. great. Oh, I love it. I love it. That is a really, really excellent scene. Um, and I think we've all got our work cut out for us now to dish okay. out our points, knowing that this is really the the deciding round. Yep. Um, Jen, where is your point going for best? Scene? Oh, you picked a really good scene. Um, I really. So did you. I really like that scene. Uh, but the the thing that I, I'm going to go with Voyage Home because there aren't too many movie scenes that manage to convey such a serious and important idea in such a funny, nonchalant kind of way. You know? And and that was... I, 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 it was just brilliant, just the way they, they, they did that. Um, and and I think it's it's... It's pretty unique in in movies, and 
in general and i i just i love it so yeah i gotta go with voyage home yeah it's a big idea indeed jim where's your point going and, and i will say as much as uh i love the i mean i do think it's one of the best most underrated cliffhangers in mm-hmm. in trek television history this is actually an easy one for me it's it's the voyage home i love these whales i love this movie i love the scene i would could totally want to uh Cook the books here and get a tie, but I uh, can't do it. Got to go, go with the voyage home, so that leaves it down to Ross. Well, <laughs> just just like this finishes the uh, original series trilogy, I'm going to finish this trilogy of points for the voyage home because yeah. it is just such an outstanding scene. It's so mind blowing to you know you've got Shatner there, you got Kirk there, and then. <laughs> It's just—is this with that man? Is singing to that oh, man? You, it's so wonderful, and you know what he's doing. Jen, you're so right. When he says, when he, when he says, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> she, she's, uh, you know, she has a reason to be mad. You know, she doesn't know what we yeah. know. She's just some kook. She says later, it's just some kooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. It, it is such a wonderful pick, and to mind meld with a whale, it's just—it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Um, so I'm going to give my point to the voyage home. But you guys, you guys are right about the mind melds. <laughs> this isn't even the yeah. weirdest mind meld he's had. No, <laughs> right. I, I think I, my weirdest spot mind meld has got to be Vija, surely, because he, he's not. He doesn't even yeah. touch it. He just flies inside it. He's inside its mind. <laughs> oh, mind melding from the inside. I don't know. I, I've seen that movie 30 times over 30 years. I still don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's going on at the end oh, of that? No. Um, uh, Jim, any advances on weirdest mind meld for for Spock? Oh, I I think the oh weird. No, it's got to be the Horda. It's got to be the Horda. The Horda is a great one because that's and it's the and it's early and it's the first, and you're thinking, what? Yeah. How could this? Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah. It is. Uh, I love it. I love the mind meld with the whale, Jen. It's just such a. It's such a great way to end the yeah. podcast as well. Cause it's such a positive, glorious, yeah, such a scene. So to round out the scores, then uh, the future's end scored incredibly well with eleven points. I am, uh, you know, you've put on a fantastic show, Jim. So well, done. yeah. Um, well, it's a great episode. It is. It is a good episode and totally enjoyable yeah. and so nice to compare a big episode with a big film. It's so nice to put yeah. them both together. Cool. And uh, Jen, uh, the voyage home scored thirteen points. Uh, so well done to you. You take our coveted prize home with you this evening. Um, uh, great. Uh, what a battle. What a battle. Yeah, it's so wonderful. It's just so nice to talk about Star Trek and just talk about all the stuff we love. Okay, just to, just to finish off, any categories that you think you would have won if we discussed them? Anything that you think we could have, <laughs> that would have been something, we covered a lot of categories in fairness. There might not be anything left. Any category uh, you could have covered, and you would have definitely won the points. I, I, I sort of think Jim could have come away with most villainous, you know, because Starling was. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. There, there's literally no. I mean, the only villain in Voyage Home is the Whalers. So. Mm. Yeah, there's really no villain. No. I mean, the, even the probe, I guess, isn't a villain. But that, that's a, a best unsolved mystery. Is what the hell was this probe? <laughs> I, why do we not have to get the mystery of the probe solved? <laughs> I absolutely love the fact that it's a mystery. 
I've got the yeah. probe, the the sequel novel, right above me on my desk, and I've not read it. I'm sort of waiting for Trek Book Club to pick it up, but <laughs> I, I, I just desperately want to know where this probe came from. But I'm holding off. I'm very excited. <laughs> I I could I could have won uh, best shade thrown at the 20th century. Um, oh, that would you would have won with that. Yeah, <laughs> there was a, a good one where uh, you know they 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 know where the that they've gone back in time, but they don't know exactly when. And Spock goes, judging by the level of pollution, we've arrived in the late 20th century. (laughs) (laughs) But again, that's it. That's the whole environmental message of the film, isn't it? Like you guys, you've got to do something about it. And thankfully 30 years later, we're starting to pay some attention to that. It's nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, I love, wow, this was a good comparison. These two really really evenly matched. (laughs) And it's weird to think that actually there's there's only about ten years between them, um, but yeah. actually they feel quite different, don't they? They feel like oh, that's different a great years. point. That's a great that's point. funny. That is only ten years. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, they're but, but very they're, much products of their time. Yeah, yeah. and they're both. It's literally going back to modern time of the, of the uh, product. It's I know. Cool. So I guess we can expect a discovery episode set in twenty twenty. You know, mm. next drop. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> that would be awesome. Love that. Love that. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that is us done. I think we've 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 snap tracked, we've we've categorized, we've discussed, and we've awarded points. We're finished. Um, f- thanks so much for joining us this evening, Jim. Uh, you've been excellent. Obviously, your podcast skills are second to none. Um, so we knew this would be a breeze for you. Thank you so much for joining us and for your excellent picks this evening. Excited to be here and excited to be able to rhyme. Your curves don't look great. Braxton sleeps on a crate. So, <laughs> it's good. No. It's good. <laughs> All right. You should feel okay. proud when we write our Snapchat poetry. That's going to be in there. <laughs> Jim, why don't you let us all know how we can get in touch with you? Oh, and you can track me down on Twitter at TrekRanks or at Enterprise Extra and check out the Trek Ranks podcast if you haven't. Oh, and, and uh, TrekRanks.com. There you go. Excellent. And Jen, how can we get in touch with you? Uh, you can get in touch with me. I'm at edequarks. And I am Taborg at SDRTRK1701. I love it. Great job, guys. We love, we love, love, love Snapdrag. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Jim. Obviously, we think Trek Ranks is awesome, too. Um, you're it's it's actually my favorite podcast to oh, listen to. I, and... I, I second that. I, I really listen to a lot of Snapchat. A lot of it. Oh god. <laughs> I listen to both. I, I, I listen to a lot of my own podcasts, but I sometimes listen to yours as well. <laughs> Good man. Good man. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sure anyone listening to this knows knows about Trek ranks, but yeah, if you haven't check check it out, it's it's nothing but positivity and fun and knowledgeable wonderful trekkies getting together and talking about trek. yeah ranking but not for any just to have a conversation yep. just right just, right, just right. to love star trek and really enjoy it exactly and it is. So that positivity exactly. really shines through jim's so you do do a great job thanks guys okay in the next episode of snap trek we will be examining two episodes which focus on ancient alien possession uh when we compare Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Reckoning, with Star Trek TNG, Masks. Masaka is waking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh man, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be awesome. Can't wait. Thanks very much, Jim, for joining us. Jen, as ever, wonderful to speak to you, and we will see you next time on Snapdrack. Bye. Bye bye. See ya.